Welcome to North London's Most Read, episode 9, which is quite poetic, seeing as we had fucking nine men by the end of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be covering the uh, 2-1 loss to Wolves on today's episode, um, and how frustrating and shocking the defeat was today. How are you feeling right now, Jamie? That's what I want to ask. I didn't even want to do this podcast. You had to convince me. I'm upset. No, we got to get. I'm it. just angry. You know what I mean? Like when, and yeah. when you get, when you get, when you. It's. Go on. It's bizarre. It's just bizarre. It's like, ah, uh, you know. It, it 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 pisses me off. It frustrates me. I, it's it was so unavoidable. No wait, it was so, so avoidable. avoidable. Unavoidable. What am I going on about? I'm, I can't even think. Are we the only club like, that does that's this? So avoidable. Uh, it's it's almost like they were like, oh, we haven't had a red card in five to seven games, but <laughs> we do one season. Let's fucking make up for it. And let's do I mean? it at the worst possible time oh. when the game is there to be won. Then I said to you a couple of weeks ago, our starting centre backs need to be holding and Gabriel. Not to hate on Louise, he said he's been good recently, but you can't rely on him. And when I saw the team, I was like, you know, all right, maybe maybe we'll give Louise the benefit of the doubt because he's been in good form. But no, we should not give him the benefit of the doubt. He is a calamity defender. <laughs> he's 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 a world-class ball passer, but that's about it. I mean, you know, I feel a bit sorry for him because it it, it was an unfortunate red card for him, but it, yeah. it's, it's just not good enough. You just don't it's ever just... make the challenge. Just don't. Just and let him have a shot. It, it annoys me because w- this was probably the best start to a game we've had this season. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, Saka hit the post in the first minute. That's why like, I knew something would go wrong because it was too good. Yeah. And then in like the ninth minute or something, Saka scores. Well, disallowed yeah. goals, Lacazette's offside. But you're like, you're thinking, right, we're actually, you know, because in a lot of our games, uh, notoriously under Arteta, especially this season, the first half we just don't score we normally turn it on a little bit more in the second half Mm -hmm. well especially recently in the last six seven games or so so we actually we started quick and we were actually like peppering wolves for the first 10 10 minutes and i was thinking right this this is this is some good stuff like we haven't seen this for a while like starting this quickly and wolves aren't a bad team they're no mugs and like especially at the the molyneux whatever it's called their stadium Um, molyneux yeah yeah, I thought I was going to mispronounce it. We beat it, them 2 0 at the Stair Stadium last time. Yeah, I mean, Saka scored that lovely volley last year, didn't he? I think, from what I remember. Well, was it a volley? Was it a header? Um, no, that was in the. Um, I'm sure that's the goal he scored against Wolves at the Emirates. Oh. But last year he scored like a, a really good volley against them, I'm pretty sure. I think we beat them 1 0 last year and then Molyneux, actually. We won I'm 2 0 sure away, I remember it. Are you sure? Yeah. But anyway, it's, it's not really that important, but. I, mean, I know Saka scored a banger last year. Um, talking about banging goals, how did you uh, how did you find Pepe's goal? No, I'm not done with the beginning. I don't want to talk about positive <laughs> stuff yet. I'm not ready for it. I All only right. want the self-harming, self-saboteuring, no. negative nonsense what do you mean but we scored before all it all it went to i don't shit. i don't know you can never have good things in life when you support arsenal and i knew something was going to happen uh. as soon as it was going too well you know when you watch a shit soap opera tv show and you just know yeah. that whenever like someone has something good happen to them that isn't usually or in like a, a reality tv show that's like a, one of those like yeah. master chef or like ink master or any of them they start doing their backstory and you hear about them you hear what they, the struggles they've been through and you start liking yeah. them you know that person's getting voted off that week 
You yeah. can't start with Arsenal. You can't have something good happen. You can't start getting hope. You can't start thinking, "Oh my this god, is this is gonna be, this is gonna be like, this is really nice." I'm having a really lovely time watching this game because that's when they get you like that. That's when they get you and they take well, away all hope. And it's meant to make you as painful as possible, before, be the most before, trauma. Before we go on to all that emo stuff that you're talking about, <laughs> let's just go we through, can't have a good let's, night. Oh, let's go through the one positive cool. of tonight's game. And that was Pepe's yeah, goal. Yeah. Like, there was so many things impressing about this goal. And it was such a typical Pepe goal. But I'll go into it. So the first thing is that Pepe actually wins the ball back. And last season, Pepe didn't make a tackle, I don't yeah. remember. So his work rate's obviously increased. I'm not yeah. saying he's got the best work rate in the world, because he doesn't. But he's definitely getting involved more and yeah. doing a bit more for the team. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's run off down, down the left wing. And he's, he, you know... I mean, not. I wouldn't even necessarily say mad skillful. Like he was kind of almost fumbling about, but in the classic Pepe way, where it went though, it worked. He doesn't. He doesn't really have the ball under control, but he does a weird bit of skill, and then he can nutmegs him. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I. I mean, I think you said that it was two nutmegs. I think it was you know, two, but you think it was one. It's debate. I think the first one's debatable, and it it would, it would have to depend on the the camera angle. The second one's obviously definitely <laughs> debating the ethics of the nutmeg. But it was a goal. Who cares? It was it, fine. It was, it was it was one of the weirdest goals I've seen. I mean, it was a weird night. Yeah, in but general, do you know but... what it was though? I was and I said this to you in a text. He he his defensive work rate made that happen. And oh, so if he doesn't yeah. go for that first tackle and he doesn't really go for win the ball, the goal doesn't happen. So that's not the product of his better attacking. Although it is yeah. indirectly, it's the product of his better defending. Uh, but the, the thing that astonished me most is that I think that's Pepe's first shot with his right foot. And if that's his first shot of his right foot, he needs to start shooting with his right it's foot. <laughs> it was he hit the crossbar finish. like five minutes before that as well. Because it yeah, got the, deflected. It was a good save. The, the keeper just... Well, as soon as it went left Pepe's right foot, the keeper didn't even care. Like You watch it on the replay, he's just like, yeah, that's a goal. He also put a banging ball in to Smith Rowe, I believe, um, who then passes it back to him for his shot. I can't remember what it yeah. is, but he puts a really good through ball in and then a good shot. He's, he had a really good first half. Well, I'm I've, really I've, upset that he got taken off. Instead yeah, of Smith too. Rowe, because if you're playing on the counter, who else is better than Pepe to have? And Smith Rowe, yep. if, you play, if you play a possession, dominating the possession game, then fine, keep on Smith Rowe. But he's also tired from the second half. Yeah, I, I don't think Smith Rowe had a bad game, and he, his work rate was no, good. but it didn't and, suit him. Yeah, yeah, you think in a, in a situation like that, where realistically the only chances we're going to get are via like counter attacks and stuff, you want to keep your quick and energetic players on the pitch, and we didn't we didn't really do that. Um, I don't yeah, remember yeah. anything that Aubameyang did. No offence to him. No, like, but no, Pepe is the person that wins you the game. Also, shatter his confidence again after he scored and then watch him regress into the old Pepe. Well, I, th- I think that circumstances won't, won't actually shatter his confidence in the fact that I think maybe Pepe understood that, you know, normally if, if there's no red card in the first half from David Luiz, he probably would have stayed on most of the game or at least more of the game um and he you know at least he's starting games at the moment and i said to you before we just want to see him play consistently so we can really see what we're getting out of him and, yeah he should know, still start the I next game is, yeah he, he's he's got to um you know no, no matter if a bamingang's fit you can put a bamingang in for lacazette or whatever way you want to work it around you can't take a you can't bench a player that's in form like that that's scoring goals that's got his seems to have got his confidence back um you know briefly when i was in my hopeful phase of positivity and thinking this was going to be a lovely time i um i was thinking i got a bit carried away i started daydreaming about if pepe became the player he was in france mm-hmm. and i was thinking like oh, imagine we had our 
our team right now, but with an extra ten goals and ten assists a season, like we're yeah, we're a top four challenging team here. So if Pepe yeah. becomes this player, we can start doing this. Bam! Well, it's as soon as the commentary dreams went. ended. So if Arsenal wins today, we're going to the top six. And I was like, oh, oh mate, I saw that. I mean, oh, I was, we'd have played was... more games though, but it's still a start. But then classic Arsenal. A couple minutes later, the red card happens, and I don't want to say this just because I'm an Arsenal fan, but like. I do feel like penalty getting a penalty and red card against against you, especially for what David Luiz did, it's it's just it is harsh though, isn't it? Like I know he's he's obviously stopped a goal scoring opportunity. I don't believe it was intentional at all. I think I actually think it was accidental. Yes, and but I just think because they, I'm sure they have this in the Champions League where it's called like a double jeopardy where you can't you the double jeopardy rules like if you give away a penalty, it can't be a red card too. Unless it's like a professional foul or something like that. Yeah, it, I, uh, it I, seems I'm too sure much. The Premier, League, the Premier League just doesn't have the the same rules. I think it's the Champions League, but it it just seemed like, especially when you see it was accidental by. Devin I don't Lewis, think it's a red anyway. Even if you can send him off and give and a penalty. It realistically, the the Wolves player's running through and his foot's going back as he's running. It's and it's kind of hit David Luiz's knee, and then for him to get all that punishment directed his way yeah and the guy feels the contact and goes down he could have the shot anyway it's but I mean that's Wolves play like that and I'm not trying to hate on Wolves it's the way no, the you can hate is and mod- modern footballers are these days it's like Wolves players make the most of everything they, they, how many players were around the ref as soon as Davies has done that challenge they were screaming and whinging in his ear like it's a red it's a red like they they, they know how to play That they, they make the most of everything and you know, it is, it's it's classic Wolves. It's what they do every game all season. They go down really easily. Um, I'm just gutted, mate. I'm absolutely gutted. But you know, it, it give Neves his dues. He never scores regular goals, and that was a very good penalty. Um, you know, moving into the second half, and then it gets even worse. No, I want to talk about the end of the first half. I was go so on, so on, so on. positive with Party. I thought he crushed it in the first yeah. half. Second half opposite but first half he was good yeah party Re- had brilliant balls the like only person played to Saka yeah in the first where he hit the post in the first minute was unreal only person who had a bad first half in my opinion was Bellerin he was sloppy in both attack and defense he couldn't cross had a poor first touch um and I think that honestly like Traore is more difficult to deal with than Neto and Cedric out of position dealt with Traore better than Bellerin dealt with Neto. Ooh, I don't know about that. He was Cedric I, Cedric was getting skinned by Traore. I don't think it was anything Constantly. like that. Constantly. Oh, wait, in the second half? I'm talking oh, about yeah, the first yeah, yeah. half. I don't know. Yeah, if we're sticking on the first half, then yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. If you get skinned when you're on 10, 9, nine men, that's fine because you get drawn out yeah, of position yeah, like yeah, everywhere. Of course. Well, it's not fine, but you know what I mean? It's not the but same yeah, as having 11. There was, for me, there was a few positives um, in the first half. Like Pepe obviously playing amazing Saka was lively he was yeah. he was on it brilliant to have him back it made a massive difference to our attack in the first half when he could actually do something about it because his teammates hadn't let him down um, Partey again looked good it looked like he's getting more match fit now looks like he's really he looks really accomplished in our midfield um, you know there's uh, there's not too many other positives that I found in the first half I just think we we seem to attack a lot better we seem to create more chances it seems to be a lot more fluid Emil Smith-Rowe is obviously crucial to that um, but yeah, it was, you know, first, if you took the first 40 minutes, I'm, I'm absolutely like, I'm very impressed with what happened today. And then it's, it's a shit show from there. I mean, yeah. uh, 
what you know what else can you say we you, we covered that David Luiz red card I do feel sorry for him because I feel like it's it's quite unintentional and he gets lament um he gets berated and stuff by by the press um and opposition fans and you know it's it is his fault but it isn't in a way. Do you, do you know what I mean? It, it's just one of them. It's it's an unlucky. Red you card, only get into sense. a position where even if you accidentally do that, you've actually done accidentally done that because you've not been in the position to stop it yeah. purposefully earlier or well, if, not if, in that yeah. position. You know, if you have to make a tackle or even accidentally fall on something like that when they're clean through, mm-hmm. mistakes have been made in the build up. Yeah, yeah, he was. He so was you're not quite... out of the woods even if it's an accident. You're well, at he made fault mis- for he made having to make an accident. Well, he made it. He made a mistake before this mistake. Like he was caught well out of position, yeah. Um, when the striker was sent through, um, and he paid the price for it. Um, no, we paid the price for it. You know, well, he's getting paid. Did, f- you know. Everyone to do with Arsenal has paid the price. The fans, the players, fucking David Luiz. You know, everyone has. And then to f- to top it all off, which this fucked me off even more. Matinho, who's never scored a goal in his life, cracks one from like <laughs> 30, 35 yards, and I'm I'm just. Like, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, it's classic. It's happened against Arsenal. Like, it's just a typical a goal that we concede. Like, it's it's a fucking worldie. Well, like, how has he pulled that out? Like, I'm not 100 percent sure Leno shouldn't have saved it. Like, Martinez would have saved that. I know that that much. I think Leno's reach sometimes because he's a, he's not a small keeper, but I feel like he's got quite short arms. I feel like if you had a bigger keeper like Martinez, he would have saved that. I don't think that you... Obviously, we're but about I mean, to I'm hate clutching, on Leno. I'm clutching at straws here. Well, I'm, I'm going to hate on Leno later, trust We're me. about to hate on Leno, but I think <laughs> overall, to like because he lets one in, I think we have to think about a lot of the other ones that he doesn't let in, that very few keepers don't no, I'm, let I'm in. No, I'm just being... I'm do, you just being the, do you remember Fred's goal literally like, not yeah, goal, mate. four days ago? Mate, I'm just I'm being over the top. I know, <laughs> but you know, so there is, some of those go in, some of them don't. More of them don't go in than do with us. But then we'll get on to his um, travesty now. That I don't. Yeah, I honestly think toddlers have learned not to do this at this point. What the the thing that like the thing that really fucks me off about this, and I, I shouldn't swear so much, but this is the way the games made me feel today. Like Leno. There's fucking VAR, you idiot. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean, though? Like, bef- pre-VAR and all that shit, like, I get, I would kind of understand it more because it's like, you know, you do something and try and get away with it and you might actually get away with it because there's no VAR. Does he not realise that, like, he does There's because he, he um, did you see his body language after it happened before the VAR it's ruling before he even got good in the red he was there he he looked down and went I've done this to but myself. it was it was so pointless that that's the thing that annoyed me most he didn't and do it on purpose I think he misjudged it but why are you yeah, doing that in the first place it just even regardless bounce it off your chest you've got momentum bounce off your chest and hit it out of play or do something with it I'm like not gonna throw. lie <sighs> I'm not the best footballer and I never was and my movement wasn't the best. But I've never run to chest something and it's hit my arm before. I don't know how you do that. I think it's just one of them freak reactions where I think he just misjudged it and thought, oh, oh shit, I'm a keeper. I should just handball it. And then tried to disguise that he didn't handball it. And that made it even more obvious that it was a handball. But the, the reason why it annoys me, like, I mean, if we if we had 11 men and he did it, I'd I'd still think he's an idiot. But I'd kind of be like, 
you know, it's Leno. He's a consistent good keeper. He hasn't made many mistakes for us. I kind of forgive him for that. But the fact that we've already had a red card, it just it just makes it look even more stupid. Is I I honestly think that if you go to one of these like under six summer holiday soccer schools that mum send their kids to, you wouldn't yeah. catch kids doing that. They've had that trained out of them already. That was literal juvenile nonsense. I don't know what else to say. How can you expect someone who has reached the elite? Upper echelons of sport to do baby things. Yeah. Like put your hand on the or arm on the ball outside the box. It's one of the most basic things. You get to use your arms. You're a goalie. That's your special privilege. But you can't do it outside had, the box. Mate, he had so much time as well. It was. You, do you know what I mean? He is. It's not like he wasn't running onto it for a few seconds. He had enough. It wasn't like the ball was like disguised or it deflected like he had a lot of time to analyze what he was doing and he's just panicked and done something ridiculously stupid um and you know i i feel i feel more for his teammates i do feel sorry for arteta but i've got a few things to say about arteta in a minute um so i'm not going to completely feel sorry for him but um yeah his he's they both louis louise and uh leno let their teammates down they've let Arsenal fans down they've let the club down um, I don't want to be too harsh because you know it's one game but no that was need, a pivotal game mate we need that was you know we that could was really so kick important. on and have I you seen like, the rest of our fixtures this month yeah I'd, we'll, we'll speak about the next few games later but oh, so we had God, to win yeah. this one yeah 100% um, I think Arteta made a couple of mistakes today and he's a new he's you know he's a new manager he's, he's, he's getting his experience so you know I'm not going to I'm not going to try and grill him and say that I'm, you know, that he's a clown or anything like that. Well, one thing you've got to not start the clown, David Luiz. Um, Gabriel and Holden are the two centre backs who would work best for us. He should have done that. Um, and then again, he's he's sub Pepe in the 60th minute, like you said, and it's it's just a stupid. That's decision. a terrible decision. It is. It's and. It, it, for all the reasons you mentioned earlier and that we said earlier, um, it's a stupid decision, really. And he's got to learn quick for this Aston Villa game because if we if we lose that game and keep going... By the way, the first dumb decision was taking Lacquer off for Gabriel instead of Smith-Rowe. Why yeah, would you sacrifice again, your yeah. number nine when you've got a number 10 on the pitch who's already tired? Yeah, so dumb. Lacquer can track back and play a false nine and, like, and you also, know. lack of presses from the front as well. And when you got like ten men, you want someone that would that can tackle. It's got work weight and run a ball. Like, yeah. and yeah, it was. I forgot. I'll be honest. I forgot about that lack of that substitution. Because yeah, but it it was a, it was quite bizarre around. But obviously, he's been let down massively by Leno and Louise. So like, you you can't judge him too much because, but by, by the first forty minutes or so, like you know. He, it was it was looking like we were going to win two or three nil to be honest. I thought we were going to win emphatically. I, that's why I got too hopeful. And then when you get too hopeful, you get let down, and then you end up like this because you start thinking that we have the Arsenal that we used to have. Yeah. I don't want to get all mental about it, but like, how could like? I actually don't blame Arteta. I, 
I mean, you can train people can to behave right, regimented, yeah. right, and behave tactically. And people yeah. say we've had more red cards than everyone, and that must be Arteta's fault. I actually don't think you can train dickhead Ria of players, and idiocy will express itself. You know, you can't train people to not be an idiot for two seconds of the game. That's all on the players. Yeah. You can't. It's not Arteta's fault that Leno regressed to a toddler. No, no, it's no, not no. his fault that David Luiz did whatever you call that. It's just. The Leno one, I agree. Um, you know, no one, no one would have said Arteta should bench Leno. Like that's obviously not true. Leno's made a stupid mistake. He's let his manager down. However, with the David Luiz one, and I don't want to be too critical, but you know, it's it's not like David Luiz isn't notorious for doing stupid things. And when you've got Gabriel, who's fit on the bench and has been fit in the last game as well, I don't, I just don't get the decision to start David Luiz. Um, well, he was on form before this, which just makes yeah, this more yeah, frustrating agree, because you know we, be we. I just started trusting him again, and he is a good leader yeah. and the personality yeah, yeah. and whatever. But this is just but how many times starting. he shouldn't be starting for Arsenal. Like I'm happy for him to be, you know, playing maybe playing the cup games and playing the Europa League games and stuff like that. But in crunch games, in important games, he's. I don't feel like he's consistently the man that you want as a, as a starting centre back. Not. Like on his day, he's one of the best defenders in the world. Like he, he, he goes from one extreme to the other. He can be like outrageously good. He really can. And then this is the other side of him. It's... And I'd rather I'd rather have someone who was just more consistent, like a Rob Holding. Like he literally hardly ever puts a foot wrong. He's not the best defender in the world, but he's so consistent and doesn't make stupid mistakes. Yeah, I hope the um, David Louise and William restaurant is booming with customers in the pandemic. Yeah, well, hopefully they've got enough money so they can leave Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't mind David Louise as a coach, but I'm very. I like it, but the, the problem. I like his Louise personality. That's why I'm frustrated. Everyone likes David Louise. Like as a person, everyone likes him. He seems like a lovely guy. Like he seems like a joker. Like who who wouldn't like David Louise? Yeah. But. It's it's got to the stage now where there's there's too much water under the bridge. He's not the future in centre back. Play the our future in centre back, which is Rob Holding and Gabriel. Let them build a partnership. There was no indication that Gabriel was 100 percent fit. Like start him. If if he's come back from injuries, played a game against Southampton, and give him more games. Then build up his his tolerance and let him build. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, it, it's hindsight brigade. Like, on another day, David Luiz has a, a really good game and you, you're not even talking about this. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, everyone can say say different differently in hindsight. So, but yeah, is there, is there anything you want to you wanna cover about the game? Honestly, I, I, I was so done. angry. Like, you know, we sometimes we get an hour into this and we just talk tactics and it's good fun. We get really yeah. intricate with it and who's tracking back and who's a converted left back and centre yeah. mid in possession and whatever. I know nothing about that game. I wasn't paying attention. I was seething with rage. I was, pissed I was seething. Like, it I've was, got rabies. It was, it was mad. It, was, I was, it wasn't even that, though. It was, it was... I was angry, but I was more like dumbfounded like i i it was i wasn't bizarre. surprised you know what there's anger when you when you when you're not used to this and then when you come to expect it there's just apathy there's just you yeah. know what this is i'm i'm done this yeah. is so typical yeah yeah it, it, I, there's regarding the game like 
there's not really much else I want to say because that was just a shit show from from the end of the first half to finish. Um, how how are you feeling about the next game, Aston Villa? Now, are you kind of are you thinking we're gonna we're gonna bounce back from this, or are you thinking now that Leno's how long's Matt Ryan out for? That's what I want. I don't know. I'm about to say we, we've, got, we've got we've got big son of Runa yeah. coming in. I mean, he, big five foot seven keeper of the century. <laughs> I think he's like he six zero. I think um, he's like five eleven, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. But I think he he didn't do anything that really scared me. But he then did, he saved some no, shots. He's got no pressure when he comes on as a with nine men because his teammates were already massively fucked. Oh, up, I'm sure so. he felt the pressure. I mean, I, I'm sure he did, but like his two shots weren't like ones that you wouldn't expect him to make. Like they were basic, well, pretty basic shots. So, um, you know, we've got to trust him as long as I don't know how long Matt Ryan's out for. So No, I, mean, I don't know what injury it is. I should have Googled it. I assume if it's something minor, then Matt Ryan starts. But, uh, I mean, we'll have to see. Yeah, well, he won't. He won't. Goes. It'll be we'll, Rune Arsenal yeah. for we'll three have, games. We'll, have, well, I think Matt Ryan's the second choice, but we'll have to see how long he's out for. Yeah, so he, he won't just instantly come back if he wasn't on the bench. Yeah, it depends how minor it is, though, but, you know, sometimes... It happens. I reckon I mean, we should expect to see Renarsson. And I don't want to hate and expect and be like, oh, we're trash, whatever, yeah. whatever. But um, from what we saw of him, he made a lot of mistakes and just seemed not on his yeah. game in the Europa League. He didn't seem comfortable, didn't seem like he was making saves that you'd expect to be pretty routine at Premier League level, never mind elite Premier League yeah. level. So I hope he can show me wrong and we can sell him for 17 million like Emi Martinez in the summer. To, yeah, they're um, worlds apart, mate. They're worlds apart to Fulham or something so yeah. we'll see but I'm worried I th- I thought we'd win this game and then would really take as Aston Villa but yeah. now I think we're going to lose to Aston Villa and we should have honestly honestly even with game. nine men we could have won that game we could have got three in the first half we could we could have yeah but I don't want to you know we're talking about Aston Villa now Aston Villa will play Creelish and all of their other quality players they've got is, I presume McGinn's playing I presume that yeah. um you know, they've got some... I, apparently, they bought someone from France who's decent. I'm not sure if he'll play more midfield We've, players. But, you know, Barkley, we, that's a good player, we'll have so. to see what Partey can do in the middle because it's going to be... You know, imagine playing Elneny and Jacker against McGinn, Grealish, Barkley. We'd get torn to yeah. shreds. I think Partey will make a difference. Um, I I struggle to remember if he actually played the game against Aston Villa at the Emirates. I'm not 100% sure. He might have done, but I can't remember. Um because I think I'm not sure if that was before. No, wasn't or he injured then? Injury. I I can't remember if he played Aston Villa before the Tottenham game or after. I I, I forget. Um, but I mean, we that one's at uh, Villa Park as well, isn't it? So it's away from home again. Yeah, that's gonna be. No, tough we game. got beaten at the Emirates. We need to beat them back no, at we'll their beat stadium them now. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll have to see how. You know, first and foremost, we've got to keep 11 men on the pitch. I can't um, believe we have to say that like it's an achievement. Yeah. End with what well, you started with is the first got, thing. Like, a good, I think we've got at least seven red cards this season. And that's... I mean, I think we've got Xhaka, we've got Louise, Pepe, Pepe Leno. Leno. Um, Gabriel got one for two yellows. He did. Um, and Ketia. Did he get a red card? Yeah. When was that? I can't remember. High foot that was like basically the same as what Fernandez ah, did against yeah, us last yeah, that week. That was ridiculous, yeah. Well, yeah, but Man United get all the decisions from the ref. Yeah. VAR loves them. So that's yeah. sick. I can't remember if there's any more. I'm sure there is. 
Yeah, there's definitely a few more. I just can't specifically. I'm sure Aubameyang got a red card, didn't he? Or was that last season? I'm pretty sure Aubameyang got a red card this season. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He got. He did like a a high, not like a high foot, as in like off the like. I think he slid in with a high foot and got a red card. So this season, it might it might have been. I can't remember if it was. Anyways. Yeah. If we can remain with 11 men yeah, it doesn't matter and Renarsson doesn't face anything that isn't easy, we can beat them 3 now. Over 6 foot. <laughs> we just, um, I think Did we've got a better defence than them. I think we've got a better defence and I think we've lackers better than their strikers. They've got a world-class midfield. We'll have to beat them with our other players. We've got better wingers. So it is what it is. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they've got a world-class midfield. I think they've got a world-class player in their midfield. I think that's probably the difference. I'd say yeah. overall they have a world-class midfield. They do not have a world-class midfield overall. You don't think? I mean, Jack Grealish is debatably world-class. I mean, no one They've else got a top-six midfield. Yeah, they, they, you, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess but yeah, they've got poor wingers, and six, yeah. obviously they've got Ollie Watkins up front. I rate Lacquer over him. Um, I rate our defence over their defence. Um, and Amy Martinez is obviously a good player. It's hard to pick between them because he's done well and we like him, so I won't comment. But, you know, there's not the same home advantage without fancy, and it's really it's just rolling the dice. We'll see what happens. Um, I yeah. was expecting us to... Well, I was hoping we'd beat Wolves, so then if we didn't beat Aston Villa, it wouldn't be the biggest disaster. Now we have to beat Aston Villa. There's no ifs or buts. We've thrown the FA Cup to beat Southampton, put it all into the Premier League. So if we don't... Yeah. Season's over, game over. Because we're going to not beat Man City. We'll struggle to beat Leicester away. It's, yeah. Season could be done by February, mate, honestly. Well, we, we've kind of gone on our run to uh, avoid relegation. So, um, <laughs> you know, the rest is just a bonus now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we've come to this point as Arsenal fans where we go, oh, we're, we can't get relegated now. It might. Do you know what as well? Like, I know for the transfer budget, it might not be ideal. Um but I quite like a season out of the Europa League. I'll be no, honest. I like the chance to play the youngsters. No, I do, but I I feel like there's so many times where teams actually have better seasons in the league because they they get to rest more. Yeah, and their players yeah, that is more. true. Like, that I is think true. It happened. It happened with like Leicester and a few other teams where if if they get like a season where they they get more rest and they just do better in the league like yeah. naturally like you would. Um. But so yeah, if no, we win I, the I Europa League, you don't want to be in the Champions League next year? Oh, I do, but I'm scared for what happens to us in the Champions League. <laughs> like, I'm not too worried about the group stage because, you know, you always get one or two shit teams in the group No, stage. if you win the Europa League, I think you get put in pot one, so you only get one other good team in pot two. Yeah, but I, I just mean that, like, you, you know, you might get a Barcelona in the group stage or a PSG or something like that. No, because they'll be in pot one, win, mate. You'll win the other two. But you can get you can get Barcelona and Porto. You, know, you can't get PSG because they'll win the French league. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm terrible at remembering how these pots work. And if you win the league, you go in pot one, and if and you win the second. Champions League and the Europa, get the other two top ones. But then if you come second, but you've got the highest coefficient, you'll be in pot two. So you one of Real Madrid or Barcelona, assuming one doesn't win the league, will usually be in pot two, uh, and then you can randomly get like a Dortmund in pot three, which can like be like mental but then you can also get um like a benfica in pot three who are like not on the same level uh, or like a, a marseille or something Good tough man. games but it's not you know like dortmund yeah i mean i you know i i just mean that once we got to the knockout rounds we'd get embarrassed 
We've already been embarrassing last time. We've got no dignity left, mate. Do you remember we get our ass handed <laughs> us like five one every time? Ten two aggregate yeah. by Munich. Like we're done. We're done at. The, we're done out here. Yeah. Well, we did beat them too at the Allianz Arena. So you know. I don't want to be negative. We've. We'll get that. We'll. We'll. Yeah. We'll get to that when we get back we'll as the positive, Champions League we'll in two thousand and twenty-five. Then we'll deal yeah. with it. When Martin we'll Ellis wins the Ballon d'Or. And Saka comes second, and uh, that ain't happening. Saka will be first any day of the week. You don't think that Martinelli can can do it as well? No, I do. But Saka's just amazing. Who do you think's a bigger prospect at the time, Wilshere or Saka? Well, right now. No, overall, it, ignore what's happened since, because hindsight is always twenty twenty. At their respective it. ages and what they've done, who is the who was the bigger prospect? That's that's a question, you know. Um, you'd have to probably uh, they're different positions. I actually don't think it's that close. They're so hard to compare. So they're different positions. So I, I, you know, I would ordinarily say Saka, but then you've got to think no, that like it's Jack not. Wilshere was um, he better. Was, he was playing with like against Barcelona, and yeah. you know he was playing against Xavi and Iniesta and playing quite well and performing. And Saka hasn't really been come against that level, and you know especially in the Champions League and stuff like that yeah I so, don't want to attack Saka but I Saka's don't think it's amazing. that close I think he's the third best prospect we've ever Jack- had after Fabregas and Wilshere I don't think Jack Wilshere is quite as good as we made out though he was like, when he in- was 19 yeah yeah I, it's it's hard to remember specifically I remember him he was he was a, he was a bright boy like he, he had he had a future um, <laughs> had a future <laughs> He was a champion at 19. Know. He was bossing about Xavi and a lot of them. He sent them packing, yeah. mate. Well, Fab- Fabregas was unreal, was he? Yes. Yeah, he's the yeah. best. He was the best. Yeah. He's. I've never yeah, seen a person never. reach world class at 18, 19, except, you know, Mbappe, Messi and Ronaldo. That's it's it. Just, it's just like, to be to be 16 and come into Arsenal, especially because we came into an Arsenal where we actually were really the good stats. at the stats. We had Vieira and Gilberto Silva mm. and all them. He he, uh, I I love Fabregas. I just wish wish he won more of us. But yeah, Chelsea snake now. I bet he wishes he stayed now, having seen how his career went. Well, yeah, a hundred percent. But Wenger should have brought him back instead of letting him go to Chelsea. But yeah, that's that's. I'm so torn on what I think of him now because he went and celebrated <laughs> with Chelsea oh, and all this yeah. stuff. Exactly. He and have you seen how he gets his PR team to try and suck up to Arsenal fans now? It's like I don't believe you. I don't. Yeah. Just stop trying. Let us lose hope about yeah, it. Yeah, I'd rather you rot it on the bench of Barcelona than come to Chelsea, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he'd really been the but selfless Arsenal fan. In his defence, Arsenal turned him down before he came. So that was. I it. know, but even so, I don't think I'd have moved to Chelsea if I yeah. was him. Yeah, I know. It is what it I'd is. have gone to Inter Milan or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I don't know how we got onto this subject. Yeah, we, we just It goes hand, top it? three Arsenal prospects since 2000... Uh, uh, maybe Ashley Colcat. Was he? Did he make his debut in the nineties? I think he made his debut in the nineties. Fuck Ashley Cole. Yeah, but as a as an actual prospect. Okay, oh, no, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Fabregas number one, Wilshire number two. As as a teenager, by the end of their nineteens yeah. or whatever, Saka is nineteen and a half or whatever. Like, doesn't matter. Um, Fabregas number one, Wilshire number two, Saka number three. However, I think Saka's got the potential to be better than all of them players. It, well, by the end of his twenties, yeah, but um, as an, as how good they were as teenagers, yeah, he's only a close third. Yeah, but you say, and I couldn't first. ask for any more of him. I couldn't when ask you, for any more. 
when you compare him to, you know, just because he's come last in this top three, you've got to think about how many players he's better than. Like yeah, the every other teenager he's, in the league. He's probably there's a couple of obviously good teenagers at the moment but no, he, you know he scored more goals in the league than every other teenager no, 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 in the I'm league not, combined I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking just about the Premier League I'm talking about like in the world he's 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 up there but there might be a who's couple who's better than him well is, is Haaland still a teenager no has he just gone, turned 20 then or something he's 21 what about Jadon Sancho is he still yeah, I think he's 20, 21 is he yeah oh, it must be a couple of all years the like the deleted and them they lot. so they've all 21 now yeah yeah Oh no! Fair enough. Then um, Greenwood's still nineteen. Yeah, Greenwood looks a looks a player. To be fair, not as paid. good as Saka. Yeah, but Saka plays a lot more. That that's obviously comes into it. Um, but yeah, Saka's just composed, got everything. But yeah. Foden's twenty now. Foden's unreal. I'd take. Yeah, Foden but he's not. But days. he's not. I'm talking about. There are, who's a better teenager? I know. I know. I know What's I know the guy in Milan? Or Juventus, Kulikovlevski, whatever it is. I've... Oh, he's a good player, yeah, yeah. I watch a lot of Juventus because I love Ronaldo, but, like, yeah, he, he's a really good player, yeah. actually. But I think he's well, 21, so I don't think he counts. Yeah. I think yeah, Zach yeah. is the best teenager on the planet. You heard it here. Maybe Probably. Fatty, or I don't know who else gets in there. But... Oh, he, he he seems quite good for Barcelona as well. I haven't watched him too much, but I swear he scores a lot of goals. Yeah, but we're allowed to be biased Arsenal fans. You heard it here yeah. first. Oh, Saka, Saka is, is the, the best, best teenager in the world. He is. It's, it's undebatable. And he should be starting over Sancho on the right wing or left wing or wherever. <laughs> no, no offence to Sancho, he's just lost four minutes. Well, Sancho's actually back in form. He's actually been keeping up with the Bundesliga. <laughs> really? He scored, right, scored in his last few games. Well, he, he scored like I don't even think you can four. even say that you're in form if your team isn't doing well, though. Well, uh, is Saka in form then? <laughs> We're doing well at the moment. Team isn't We're doing, doing well. well at, no, but in the last few games, we are. Where are we in the league now? We must be like tenth still. No, but like if you have to, like if you do like the last five games or the last six, seven games, we're in form. Oh, we or we were. I don't want to put a band aid on a like yeah, a tenth, like a shotgun wound, but it is like we're doing well at the moment. We're tenth, and considering other teams have still got to play, we could end up like twelfth or thirteenth again. Yeah, which is yeah. Impressive. Well, we will, we will, we will. But oh, it's yeah. a close twelve. I know. Just on a, on the tangent. I've, Man United are 3-0 up against Southampton. Already? Yeah. Oh, they've got a red card. Southampton's got a red card in the oh, second minute. I wish we got people getting red cards against us. We just do that favour for everyone else, mate. Well, Southampton have obviously seen Arsenal play today and they thought, right, what can we do to upstage <laughs> Arsenal? All right, we'll get a fucking red card in the first two minutes. Was it in the Arsenal first two? Feel better. So That's such a man new thing to get the player done as well. who I'm not really familiar with is called Jankowitz. Jankowitz, thank you for making me feel feel a bit better this evening for getting a red card no I'm upset because man you got more nonsense <laughs> I'd rather Southampton didn't get a red card because it just makes me more angry about the officiating and yeah. man you's favouredness oh yeah they're absolutely favoured yeah yeah you know Oli out but yeah is there, is there anything you want to want to cover I had one thing that at the beginning of this podcast I didn't want to talk about because I was too angry and I thought I'd okay. save it for when I felt like doing some actual proper journalism but I'm going to say it now with gritted teeth angry at everything we just talked about so you've probably heard about AFC Bell the sort of Twitter account turned all seeing eye into Arsenal that is proven to be you know beyond reasonable doubt of rec- like a reputable source clearly knows people in the yeah. club tweets in Arabic only 
and we have to just translate it and take it all as God's gospel. And so basically he put out a blog in Arabic, which someone has translated for us that I've got in front of me. These are not my words. I didn't do any work. I'm not claiming this as mine. I'm just reading out the translation. If there's anything lost in translation that I've got wrong, I'm sorry. I don't speak Arabic. Google Translate would have been worse than this. This looks pretty good. So this is what he had to say and what he found out from his sources about what happened behind the scenes before Unai Emery left the club. So before Emery came, when Gazidis and Malinstadt were still here, to succeed Wenger, Gazidis wanted Arteta at the beginning, straight after. Malinstadt wanted uh, Rangnick and Raul wanted Emery. Arteta was allowed to leave City then with a conditional agreement that he'd come back and manage the club one day. I'm not sure if that still matters or if that's still the case or what. Uh, but Raul Sanlehi yeah. wanted Emery because he would accept a role with less power, whereas other people like Rangnick like, want sort of total control over transfers and everything else. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to bring him in at all costs. I'm sure there's a bit of nepotism there. Um, but uh, I, mean, I don't know, maybe I was saying that, you know, Spanish person brings in Spanish person with yeah. Spanish team and Emery's team were all Spanish. So I presume there's a, I don't know, maybe I'm just mm-hmm. being silly. But it sounds like there's a bit of favouritism based on someone, based on, like, you know, he wanted Emery in. Emery yeah. wasn't on the initial sort list and he had offers from Real Sociedad and West Ham and then we came in. Gazidis felt that Arteta not being appointment showed a lack of trust from the Kronkies or Kronk, how do you say Kronkers, Kronkies, whatever they're. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Walmart wife bangers and was a major factor in him leaving. And he had two offers from the MLS prior to Milan. He then obviously went and became Milan's CEO. Then, once he left, Raul became the most powerful person at the club and his power was compared to Wenger's once Sven left. Sven. Milinstadt, who was the data guy, he's the one who found yeah. Torreira, who found Guendouzi, amongst other people. Considered a very good, good deal. I was a bit upset to see he was gone because I like the focus on data. Yeah, strange, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm disappointed that we went with this sort of agent-led super transfer nonsense that Raúl was known for. After that, yeah. I much preferred. I love the Moneyball style of finding like bargains in the rough, you know, like antiques roadshow type of shit. Well, it was classic Wenger, wasn't it? And he did it so well. That's why we got people like Guendouzi well, from League Two. <laughs> Um, who become, you know, and you can say what you want about what his career's done now, but to find an 18-year-old at £7 million to, who can do what he did is a mental move. Torreira was apparently found, this isn't on this sheet, this is just from something else yeah. I read, that uh, basically we plugged in um, Kante's stats and said, find similar players, and Torreira pops up. <laughs> so, um, and he was, let's not let's not gloss over now with recency about how Torreira wasn't a, like a really good player back in the day. He doesn't fit the system and he didn't settle. We're going to talk about this more. It good actually player. says, say really good there. he was very, he was a fan favourite at one point. So I don't think we should go, oh, that was a bad transfer only, because of what's happened. <laughs> oh, oh, don't eat it's, It'll make me feel too happy again. We're not allowed to feel that happy as yeah, Arsenal fans. So, Raul was aware of the fans' disappointment with Emery, so he made the club's Twitter highlight positive changes Unai made made to convince fans. The initial plan was that Sven Lundstedt would identify the targets and Raul would use his network to get the players, but there were cracks in the relationship. Sven resigned and Raul didn't stand in the way. Bad move. That's a power-hungry, tyranny thing from Raul. You need Sven Lundstedt, who was clearly good at what he does, I read somewhere that he was the first million pound deal to bring someone who like wasn't a player or manager in because we wanted his data tracking, you know, yeah. uh, skills. And I retain that I'm sure he would have done really well more if he'd come. Um, this article confirmed that some players mocked Emery's English, which I'm really not happy with because that's unprofessional. Even if he had problems with communication, even if he did say a thousand words and say nothing in them, 
You don't yeah. mock your boss. You don't show dissent. And that's low quality, yeah. like traits. That's disappointing. That's ta- like cancerous, toxic personality traits. Yeah. Don't agree with that whatsoever. That's the yeah, kind yeah. of stuff that you need a cultural overhaul to get rid of. And anyone who perpetuates that needs to go. And I hope that those yeah. players have gone because anyone that does that to the people that are in charge is not someone that you want at Arsenal Football Club. No. Emery's video sessions were initially an hour long. Players welcomed them, but they became monotonous. Players requested they were shortened and they were cut to 30 or 40 minutes. I assume that's another thing to do with Emery's problems communicating. And this isn't um, an attack on anyone trying to speak English where it isn't the first language. I think um, I'm really I'm impressed with anyone who wants to try and the bravery to speak a language that you might not be fully comfortable with. I think his English was actually pretty good. His problems weren't his English skill. His problems were his communication and he didn't get what he wanted to say clearly and with enough clarity is that I think the problem I think if he'd been short and sweet he would have got his point across in English or yeah. Spanish um, so they were shortened to 30 40 minutes but that seems like a bit of dissent even there I'm not sure what to think not my problem but that's just yeah. what's reported after City and Chelsea Emery told Ozil and Ramsey that they were below the required level he expected more defensively and he wouldn't hesitate to bench them and it didn't go well with the players as camps Ramsey's playing style contradicted Emery's vision but once Emery realised how important Ramsey was, Rao had decided not to offer him the contract due to his injury record, saying it would be devastating to the club's future. Ramsey wanted a wage similar to Mkhitaryan at 200k. Do you think Ramsey's worth 200k? Um, depends what you're comparing it to. If you compare it to Mkhitaryan, then he probably was. No, but... just just straight, just straight. No, is he worth it? Of course, it? he wasn't. He was, Great he player, was, but he was, injured a he lot. He was worth maybe. 100k. He was on like 130, I think, before 140. Yeah, I don't know why he was getting a bit too greedy. But, I mean, to be fair, if you can. If, if you, you see Mkhitaryan like, and Ozil, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you go, oh, I want 200. No, I, I get it, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm old fashioned in the thing that I think, like, you love your club more, a little bit more than mm. how much money you get paid. But, you know, that's not footballers these days. Uh, regarding the players mocking someone else for having funny English or you know weird English like I half hope they players, try and speak in, uh, half speak them players, Spanish yeah. half them players wouldn't even be able to speak a second language they can shut up um, and yeah I, 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 you know that shit's not funny um, they you know I, I always felt like Emery just wasn't a great fit for our club um, it, he, I don't think he was that bad a manager um, you know his record's quite similar to Arteta's if not better at this stage um, not that I think that Emery was you know ultimately a better manager or anything like that but I just mean that he wasn't that bad um, yeah, the main thing for him was I imagine communication was quite difficult um, but yeah no I, I you know there's some interesting points um, regarding uh, Rao Senyeti, um I don't know I'm not sure what to make of him to be honest I think he's a well allegedly he did a bit of dodgy dealing with the Strange Pepe deal. Guy. Yeah, probably wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, we we've had a really um a massive overhaul with our of our management. It remains to be seen whether it's uh gonna work. Um we've done some decent transfers uh in the last couple of windows, so you know it's there's there's nothing to say that it, it might not eventually move in the right direction because I think there's quite a few positives with Partey, Gabriel, you know, there's there's quite a few good players there that um, have definitely been an improvement. But then for every party in Gabriel, you have someone like William that's come in. So, 
Yeah. It's how you weigh it up. So um, I don't think Ramsey was worth 200k to give us that no, point. He, he and if he was fit every week, 100K. he might be worth 160. But he wasn't. Um, he was a great player when he played. And I really like him because he's an Arsenal man. He's been there so long. And, you know, you, you become emotionally attached to those players. But um, he, we, you couldn't have that kind of wages going to someone that might only play 25 games a season. So also it says that Ramsey played through an injury to try and get the back get get the club back into the Champions League until his body couldn't take it. You know, fair, fair respects to you for doing that and willing to be that you know to take that commitment. It was sad play. that he um, got that injury like five games from the end of the season and then his Arsenal career was over. Yeah, that was sad. Didn't get a proper send off. Or that he was trying to play for a bigger contract. Just. <laughs> Try and make Arsenal change their mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, the treatment of Ozil was dry and cold, in quotes. I presume yeah. that means hot and cold. <laughs> always, it's been translated wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do, you know, we've banged on about. Ozil I don't even enough, want to talk about it. I'm just going to quote what they've said it's, and it, move on. It was on. strange, though. It was strange the way he was treated. That's what I'm. They say. said. Uh, it says, wanted to make his life hell to get rid of wages. Someone in Ozil's team say that there were hints that Emery played Ozil versus Liverpool with the kids to make him look bad, but he played well. The players were split over Ozil treatment. Some backed Messer, others were quiet and didn't want to lose their place in the team. That's not good for culture, though, if everyone's anxious and t- like dipping, like tiptoeing I mean. around I, I, people. I don't think Emery had... You know, I think it's different at some Spanish teams because he's a bit more entwined with their cultures and stuff like that. I don't feel like the Premier League was a good fit for him, especially Arsenal Football Club. Um, that's not to say that I think he's a terrible manager because I don't think he is. No, um, and he's a nice guy as well. Yeah, he's, he's, he always seemed like a nice guy that was trying to do his best. Um, you know, very emotional face. He'd always kind of react how, you know, he, he seemed quite a genuine, a genuine guy. Yeah. Um it you know, it's unfortunate, but it, it probably wasn't wasn't ever gonna work no matter what happened. So yeah, you know, it 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 is what it is at the end of the day. This is interesting this one. Ainsley Maitland Niles told Emery several times he wasn't comfortable playing right back. Emery didn't listen. Ainsley Maitland Niles had to get psychological help due to the stress he was under. That's ridiculous. You don't think it's like it's I'm, like understandable I'm, to get stressed when you've got all these trolls on Twitter telling you you're terrible. No, all the time. no, right. There, there's there's a difference here for me. Um, people that you know, if if his mental health was affected, I you know I I have genuine sympathy for him. But what I'm going to say is, your manager playing you in a position you don't like shouldn't. You know the fact that he's reacted in that way. Um, I don't, I, I don't agree with it. I think it's, I don't know. I, I don't I'm want not to sure be too harsh. You can control what stresses you. Out. No, I know, I know. That's what I mean. I don't want to be too harsh and stuff like that. But you're at the end of the day, you're a footballer and you do what your manager tells you to. If you, if he wants to play, play you out of position, you play out of position. That's, I mean, and you know, if if you know, I I can't say what goes on inside of Ainsley's head. And you know, if he if he genuinely, you couldn't control how he reacted, then I do obviously feel sorry for him. But in general, if that if that's not what's happened, that's quite that's quite concerning, like in my opinion, that you you that you don't want to play. You know, right? He he can say all he wants that the the manager doesn't want to play him in that position, and that's fair enough. Um, you know, he he can say to the manager, "I don't want to be a right back," but the manager plays you right back. Play right back, like <laughs> he never refused to play. No, I know, but uh, yeah, I you know, I, I that that's true as well, but. I also don't think that Emery should, like, be 
wrong for wanting to play someone. Because no, no. I don't think it's for footballers to go, you know what, I'm all right, don't play me. You should jump at the opportunity because it's an honour to play no, for I the club. Yeah, yeah. But it's, at it's the same time, because... it's not aimed at these fault. If this is by the way, I don't want to say this is this is definitely true. This is yeah, yeah. this has come from someone who's been right every time and has broken transfer news <laughs> way before anyone has. Yeah, and has never has never had cause to lose their integrity journalistically. Yeah. Um this is I probably should have skipped this bit because this isn't our business and I feel hot like a bit slimy with it, but um, I think this is more general. You can talk about... I'm not going to edit it out. But it's like, we can generally talk about this is what, you know, elite sportsmen face. Yeah. Because, you know, Mustafi and Xhaka will tell you, I'm sure that the trolls on Arsenal's Instagram and Twitter will get at you if you have a poor game. I don't agree. And I don't agree with that. It's not right. But naturally, when your life is under a magnifying glass, things becomes more magnified. And he may have been more susceptible to that, having not experienced it before, having been younger... He's 21 then rather than, you know, 33-year-old David Louise who's heard it all yeah. before. Um, so I hope he's all right. Okay. I hope he does well at West Brom. He's one of my favourite players. Me too. Um, yeah, but if you find out that you're a good right-back, I still think you knuckle down and play right-back. Yeah, you, you mean, I'm sure you'd rather be starting than not starting. Yeah. Josh Kroenke wanted to renew Emery's contract, but the old guard said no due to bottling the top four and Europa League and the underlying metrics of the unbeaten run being lucky. Yeah. Um, this, this is noted that the translation here from Arabic could be off, and it could be that Raul or Vinay wanted to renew Emery, especially with the other stories regarding Raul wanting to renew the contract. So that's not guaranteed. Yeah. But I do think that we should have been more putting him under pressure straight after Baku because that was a really lifeless performance. That was an insipid yeah, performance. It was, it was a different. I mean, it, the the Europa League final. Annoyed me, of course, but it was the league that pissed me off more. Yeah, I mean, we blew that top four. Like, everyone did though. Everyone was dropping points. We had to blow no, it so we, badly to blow it. It's worse really than everyone blew, else because really everyone blew else it blew it. That season. Yeah, we we had to. I don't remember the specifics, but we had to win like two of our last five games, yeah. and we didn't. Yeah, we won one and drew one. We lost at lost home to Crystal remember. Palace, and then. Um, Xhaka did that dumb penalty against Brighton that we would have got top four if we hadn't drawn that game. Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, it was uh, that was a painful end to a season, put it that way. Yeah, um, that's all from my little bit of digging from a journalist that yeah, you got we have no proof that, over, but <laughs> have never been wrong. Um, They've just announced that they're stopping the AFC Bell, so I presume that they've lost their source. Um, So thank you for the memories, AFC Bell. That's a good bit of banter, and we enjoyed your uh, deep diving into everything behind the scenes. Because I like to hear it, man. We all want to be a fly on the wall hearing about this stuff. We all, you know, we love the club. We we fantasize about really understanding it and like owning the club. So it's lovely to hear. Oh, not lovely, but like it's a secretive club that you don't find out much. As all clubs should be, right? Unless you've got an Amazon documentary. Yeah, would you, like, just quickly, would you would you like to see an Arsenal Amazon documentary? Of course so I would. I would, 100%. Of course I would. I watched the Tottenham one, I hate Tottenham. Arsenal, yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. Like, Arsenal love money, so why, <laughs> I don't know why it's not been done yet. Because <laughs> we're terrible at marketing. Eh, you know this is the first year that Tottenham made more income than us. Uh, 
right. We're ending the podcast. <laughs> Go on the Deloitte money list and you'll see it's a fucking right. disgrace. I think that's sad, but yeah, fuck. That's annoying. Right, this has been the end of episode nine. We're going to go and drink something very heavy in alcohol very and uh, not wake up until midday tomorrow. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this no, one. We'll be back after. <laughs> that's Sorry. a tough day at work tomorrow. All right, so um, we'll be back for the Leeds game and we'll be back for the Aston Villa game. Aston Villa, yeah. Stay tuned. Thank you very much for listening to the North London's Most Read episode 9. I've been Jamie and we, I've been with Kieran and I hope you aren't as upset about the game as we are and that you can come back to supporting the club you love next time. Absolutely. Right. Cheers. Bye. Bye.